and Iowa football coach speak the truth. We hear from wide receiver coach Kelton Copeland yesterday, a breakdown of what he said in the wide receiver position with Iowa football. Iowa men's basketball signed three players yesterday to their national letter of intent. We'll talk about those players, break things down. But the biggest signee came on the women's side, the story of Ava Jones. And we wrap things up with a preview of the Wisconsin game, a deep dive into the matchup, and we make our picks this week presented by Bet Online. All coming up on today's Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Our Locked On Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Trent Condon. Thanks for joining us here. This is the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Thanks for making Locked On Hawkeyes your first listen each and every day. Available wherever you get podcasts and also available on YouTube. Hit us up there, and while you're there, hit the subscribe button. It is a big, big help to everything that we're doing and helps us get in front of more Hawkeye fans. Today's episode is brought to you by Upside. Download the free Upside app and use promo code LOCKED to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. That's LOCKED. Download the free Upside app. Let's get into it here, and we get going with a conversation that has continued throughout the course of the year, something that... Iowa football has done throughout the years is given an ability to hear from each of these assistant coaches. Now it started years ago when it was the coordinators and we would get them at one point during the course of the season. And now it has evolved into what we get today. There's been guys that have been much maligned that have gone in front of the media. These guys are paid hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. I absolutely love what they have done and it, it gives some insight, but for the most part, when these conversations come, it is guys that, are either looking to build their career and continue on, guys that are very happy being in the spot they are with the University of Iowa. But ultimately, if they were hired by Kirk Ferentz, there is a certain prototype that Kirk goes after, right? Guys that toe the company line, do things like he likes to be uh, see done, and you don't get a whole ton out of these conversations. It was different yesterday with Kelton Copeland. He is the wide receiver coach for Iowa football. He is a guy that has come in and, and had to do some different things. You look back, and a guy like Sue Campbell, there was talk of the wide receiver group that were doing things completely different than anybody in college football in terms of foot positioning, the way that they run routes, and things like that. Copeland has come in, and with not a whole lot of, let's say, big-time recruits, certainly at the wide receiver position, has done a good job. Now, of course, it cratered earlier this year. Not only did you have a pretty light wide receiver room coming into the season, but with it, you had all the injuries that were happening. Keegan Johnson was out. You had Nico Rigagani trying to make his way back. You had just the injuries that stacked on top of each other. Jacob Bostic, a freshman, came in. Maybe he had a chance. He got banged up. So you're out there playing a couple of walk-ons along with Arlen Bruce. You're playing Jack Johnson from uh, Valley. You had Alec Wick from Iowa City, Regina. Those were guys trying to play Big Ten football early in the season, and it played out in a big-time fashion. So there were disappointments at the wide receiver group, but a lot of interesting comments from Kelton Copeland and very refreshing to hear a coach be this candid in these kind of conversations, a time that it would be very easy. You know, we are what we are. This is what we do. Boring responses, if you will. That is not what we got here. This was maybe one of the more eye-opening conversations with the coach throughout the course of the season. Now it started off and the question came up right away about Charlie Jones. And I love the response 
from Kelton Copeland. Said with all due respect, I really have no interest in talking about anyone outside of our building and our players. We talked about this here on the podcast last week and the feelings inside the Iowa football program about Charlie Jones, the way that it played out. The players, they said all the right things. Uh, They didn't make it a personal vendetta against Charlie Jones, but there's a right way and a wrong way to go about the transfer market. Charlie Jones went the wrong way. Now, this is not to say that he made a bad decision because I don't think that he did for his future and his ability to have a chance at the next level, showing that he can be more than just a return specialist. He can be a wide receiver. He showed that of what he has done, obviously, this season at Purdue. But to go through spring practice, to work with your team to that level, and then afterwards make the choice, that was the part that bothered some people. And also, maybe some phone calls that weren't returned, some questions that were there. Hey, what can we do? What are you looking for? Those kind of things that weren't answered from the Jones camp. That was something. Another thing that stuck out was Kelton Copeland talking about dealing with parents. We hear this all the time. It doesn't matter at the youth level, the high school level. I broadcast high school sports here in central Iowa on the radio, and I hear this all the time. Uh, back when, before I went into radio full time, I was also, I was teaching and was teaching with Jeff Warner when he was at Valley and we taught in the same school. And one day talking to Jeff, and it was after they had won their first conference crown at Valley in a decade. Had won a conference regular season title in 10 years, and he delivered that with his team at Valley. And he wakes up after the celebration Friday night, and the first thing he has to deal with Saturday morning is two parents upset that the, their, their sons did not get more playing time. Okay, that's the high school level. You're going to get that. But at the collegiate level, maybe this goes on more than you anticipate. But Kelton Copeland yesterday was talking about this and saying that, yes, they were dealing with this leading into the Big Ten championship game a year ago. Parents upset about playing time. These are adults. These are big boys. I get this is big business, and I'm sure it's a part of it. Maybe it's a bigger part, though, than I even realized at the collegiate level. Disappointing? Scary? Eh, probably. But it is the reality of the situation, and it just leaves you scratching your head. A couple other things. On the recruiting level, it's difficult to re- recruit wide receivers at Iowa. You know, you look at some of the best wide receivers that Iowa's had in the Ferentz era. You think of a guy like Marvin McNutt. Remember, he came in as a wide receiver. In fact, he went to high school with my sister-in-law. They knew each other. And when he went there, I said, hey, what can you tell me about Marvin? He said, super nice guy, really personable, and we're hoping for the best. Talked to somebody else down in St. Louis, said, eh, not sure if it's going to be at the quarterback position. Well, Iowa found the right spot. Here in the recent time, Amir Smith-Marset. You know, Amir was out all over the place being recruited. Minnesota, P.J. Fleck allegedly had him locked in the room and was hoping for a commitment. He's a guy that is incredibly talented, but we're still not talking about you know, a five-star receiver, even a four-star receiver. This is a good, solid player. Brandon Smith turned him into a guy who's got a couple of paychecks in the NFL. But it's not ready-made players. Well, when you play the Iowa style, that's the reality. And again, very candid from Kelton Copeland. First of all, talking about you got to be upfront with these guys, and you got to tell them right away, maybe you're not built for us. There is a certain prototype that they go after, but the negative recruiting that also happens, it is a hurdle a significant hurdle. And another reason that I still believe there needs to be more evolution out of this Iowa football offense, what they're doing going forward. The passing game, the passing scheme overall, it's antiquated. It's looked good the last two weeks. But overall, when you're talking about going up against the top-level teams in this conference, there needs to be more. I've heard people that know X's and O's certainly better than I talk about 
the passing train, the routes that they run, and the different schemes that they come up with in the passing game, it just doesn't work. We've talked a ton about the running game, but the passing game also has a big level of issues there. Well, even if you adapt a little bit more, pro-style offense, right? Run a pro-style offense that has actually some systems in place that the pros are actually running here in 2022, that would be a step forward. It was just great to hear a coach go out there and be this candidate, to say this many things that were eye-opening, but truthful. Look, you don't have to lie to us. I think we're all smart, or at least smart enough to understand what you're going to say, and you're not going to come out and burn and fire, things like that, but really, really liked it. You know, talk about blocking of the wide receiver. You got to do it. You're a run-based team. Yes, you have to block as a wide receiver. There's some receivers that don't want to do that, but you're going to have to do it. And guess what? If you're going to play at the next level, unless you are a special, special talent, you're also going to have to block there. Good stuff there. Really, really good stuff from Kelton Copeland and the tip of the ball cap. Also, talked about Keegan Johnson working his way back. He says he still expects big things from him. Let's hope that is the case. You know, we could still see Johnson the rest of the season. He is still eligible for his red shirt. He has played just one game this year. So you now maybe a hint, as uh, Chad Leistico talked about, uh, had a tweet up that maybe there is a hint towards possibility he could be back and ready for a bowl game, working his way back from hamstring. Look, because Iowa struggles so much to get playmakers like this, you just want to see him back. And most importantly, going forward, you want to see him back next season in a Hawkeye uniform. It is the Badgers on tap. We will preview that one. Also give you some picks coming up on the other side from Bet Online. But coming up next, we talk basketball. Iowa recruiting yesterday. The men's team signs three players, but the biggest signing came on the women's side of things. What a story with Ava Jones. Lisa Bluter, again, incredible what she was able to do, bringing things in. Love what we saw yesterday. That's as we continue on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. Inflation has us all thinking about different ways to cut back. You're out. Maybe you're going out a couple times to eat a week. Go down one. Think about making that long road trip. Eh, a little bit different with the gas prices that we're currently dealing with. Driving less, dining out less, grocery store, less from the store, whatever it may be, you're thinking less. Well, that's why I started using Upside. It's an incredible app for anyone who buys gas, groceries, or dines out. That's all of us. With Upside, I don't have to cut back because I get cash back on every single purchase. Super easy. You roll in to your favorite convenience store. Get something to eat for lunch. You're filling up your gas tank. And boom, just like that, the app, money back. You put it in there very quickly. You get that transaction. It is absolutely incredible what Upside's able to do. What you want to do, get started by downloading the free Upside app. Use my promo code LOCKED and you get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Next, claim an offer, whatever you're buying on Upside. Check in at the business, pay as usual with your credit or debit card, and you get paid. Users all over the country are using the Upside app and it has a 4.8 star rating on the App Store. Download the free Upside app, use promo code LOCK, get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. That's $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more using promo code LOCK. Trent kind of back with you on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. Again, thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen each and every day. If you're on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. We greatly appreciate it as we try to get in front of more and more Hawkeye fans. For your next listen, check out Lockdown Sports today. The biggest stories of the day, plus instant reaction, 
big game recaps, and their take of the day. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. So basketball time now, as signing day has come and gone. Iowa swung and missed a couple other big-time prospects so close to closing the deal. Would having some NIL money potentially help that a little bit more? Certainly feels like Fran McCaffrey feels that way, but they do sign three. So let's start with the signing class with the guy that is the highest rank coming out from 247 Sports. That is Price Sample. Of course, we see Peyton out there filling it up for the Hawkeyes. No surprise. And the interesting thing that I find, talking to a few people I know in the recruiting space, is the thing about Price. First of all, I've called a number of his games, dating back to when he was early in his career at Waukee, now at Waukee Northwest after a year ago this season, uh, the school split. He is similar in a lot of ways to Peyton, his older brother, but he's a little more versatile as a player, at least at this point in his career, than Peyton was. Now, Peyton also was playing with Price, with Omaha Blue, with Tucker DeVries, so maybe he wasn't able to showcase his complete game. Price has a complete game. At six foot seven, he's out there running point at times. He's guarding big guys. He's bait, guarding wings. He's guarding point guards at times. I mean, he does. He is so versatile of what he can do. He can shoot it. He can fill it up in a big time way. And he's really grown. He is up to six foot seven now. And you wonder as you see Peyton grow a couple more inches here late in his career and into his collegiate career if that's there. Uh, Price Clemson was involved. Seton Hall, Washington State. He had offers from those programs. I know. Iowa State, Wake Forest, Gonzaga, all sniffed around, never got an offer from them. One thing I was told, though, with Price is most people believed it was a foregone conclusion that he was going to sign with his brother in Iowa and go to be teammates there. So some of those big offers never came that might have been there. He didn't have the older brother because you know you don't want to waste an effort when you think somebody's going to go somewhere. So that is Price Sanford, guy that I've seen a ton, really like him. Again, a guy I think is a little more versatile than even his brother and could do a little bit more for you. Next up, the big man in this class, 6'10", 220 pounds. He is Owen Freeman. Guy's going to finish up his career at Moline, was at uh, in Bradley. That's where he was before. Top 150 player nationally. Uh, a guy that his offer list doesn't exactly kind of marry with what you see recruiting-wise, ranking-wise with him. And this is a young man that had offers from big-time programs. He had offers here in the Big Ten from Illinois, from Indiana, from Wisconsin, Michigan State, Ohio State, Purdue. All these programs offered him. It's not often that we see Iowa, and certainly for an out-of-state kid, be able to beat out programs like that for his services. Certainly excited about it. Haven't seen a ton of his game, but a big guy that's going to fit, feels like, in the Iowa system. And the final signee, is Brock Harding. Now, this one has been much blind. First of all, Brock Harding, not a big dude. He's listed at six foot, 155 pounds at 247 sports. He's little, but he's got an attitude to him. I mean, he does not back down. He is going to be a guy that is going to annoy the opposing fan bases. He is going to frustrate people. Is he ever going to be a big time starter for Iowa at the point guard spot? I mean, I think that remains the question. Never got another Power 5 offer. You look at his offer sheet, Drake, Colorado State, Bradley, Illinois State. Those are the programs that Iowa beat out. Loyola, I guess now maybe you'd consider as they're moving to the American, maybe they would be a Power Conference hour offer. But that aside, much maligned. A lot of people had questions. But I talked to people that have seen him play a ton. A guy like Tom Caker at Hawkeye Report has nothing but great things to say about him. He's going to be questioned. There's going to be questions about his size, about his versatility. 
all these different things. But the people that watch him play say, you got a good one here. Is he a full-time starter? We will see. But he, at the minimum, going to be a good, solid backup for this program. All right, so that is the signing class. But the biggest story from signing day yesterday was not that. These guys have been around for a while. These guys have been signed with the Hawkeyes. They're still waiting. Probably one more big guy that they're looking at in this recruiting class going forward to the spring signing period. Possibility that something could happen there. A lot of names out there, and we'll talk about that a little bit more. But dot, dot, dot this one. All right, let's go and go to Ava Jones. So if you miss the story of Ava Jones, she was at a basketball tournament this summer. Highly regarded player coming out of Kansas. Had verbally committed to the Iowa program. And a tragic accident. As her and her family were just walking down the sidewalk at one of these AEO events. And a guy that was on drugs, all hopped up, crashed into the family. Her father passed away, touch and go for her, and also her mother. Those two did survive. An absolute gut-wrenching story. But what Lisa Bluter did yesterday, not just continuing the scholarship, and this is something that happens. Iowa had a football player a couple of years ago that this had an injury, I believe jumping into a pool it was, hurt his back, broke his back, and was never able to play football again, and they still honored his scholarship. Players that get injured over the course of their career at the university, scholarships still honored. What was it? Amari Stewart, I think that was a wide receiver's name like 20 years ago, and Iowa kept him on scholarship. I mean, these are the things that happen. At least the Bluter did that, which is great. I mean, think of that. It is a medical scholarship. It does not count against your scholarship limit the right thing to do and everybody should do it and most everybody does but what i loved is in the press release that i get from the university and talking about ava jones and talking about lisa bluter in that press release saying when ava gets back on the floor it's going to be a great moment because it will and it doesn't matter if it's ava going out there at the beginning of a game and making a layup if her basketball career if her physical Gifts are not able to return at the same level to be a Division I basketball player. But then to see on Twitter, as they put out, everybody with their picture and sign, seal, and deliver and all that. But they really made her a part of this class. It was, it's not a surprise because Lisa Bluter and Jan and the rest of the staff just, what an incredible job that they do. It's not a surprise. But it still caught me. And it really made me smile. And what's a tough moment? And seeing Ava back out there, working on the hardwood, trying to get back, trying to work on her dribbling. She has such a long road to go to be back as a basketball player playing in a competitive game. But it was great. A great moment. One of those good moments. You know, we can go negative from time to time here on the podcast and in general, in life, right? A lot of negativity out there. Highlight a positivity. I love that. Ava Jones, you have fans everywhere. We're rooting for you. We're rooting for you to get back on that hardwood. And Lisa Bluter, you and your staff, once again, you did it right. Iowa-Wisconsin coming up this weekend. We preview the game, a breakdown of what we're going to see on Saturday against the Badgers. And my picks of the week brought to you by Bet Online. That's all as we continue on the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Bet Online, your number one source for sports information on the betting side of things. They have stats, they have news, 
and they have analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. Football, basketball, soccer, even esports. They have it all covered at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts and well, you're here, I know you do. You can find those also at BetOnline. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your your betting fix. Head to the website today or hop on your phone and learn more. Bet online where the game starts. Trent Cotton back with you one final time on the podcast. Let's get into some betting and a quick preview of Iowa, Wisconsin. LaShawn's going to be with us tomorrow. LaShawn Daniels, former Hawkeye running back. We will break this game down a little bit more with him. Biz told us also earlier in the week, it's very simple, right? Run the football. Whoever runs the football, more is going to win. That shows up in a big way. I got to see it. I have to see it. You know, my concern is you look at Wisconsin up front. The Badgers, what they have done since they have changed and moved and evolved into the 3-4 set. That started when Anderson came in as the head coach, what now, seven, eight years ago, and has continued under Paul Christ, and now what they're doing with Jim Leonard. My concern is Iowa's ability to run the football against this team. In the middle, Keanu Benton. He is a monster of a man. And, and that's what really predicates if you're going to be a good 3-4 defensive team. Yes, you got linebackers crashing from all over the place. And you can send that extra man from inside, from outside, and you never know what's coming. But if you have somebody in the middle that can control, you're in good shape. And Benton is that guy. He's been banged up this year. Feels like he is rounding back into form and going up against Logan Jones, who has really struggled this year at the center position, and now you're going up against one of the best interior guys you're going to face all year long. We've seen when they've played good fronts and big guys in the middle, how that has been a struggle. Not only that, but the 3-4 scheme, as I mentioned, that has been a problem for Iowa, running the football, certainly against better offensive lines than what we've seen out of Iowa this season. That is a big-time concern. So a couple of things together there. I was going to have to run the football, and I'm just not sure that they're going to be able to do that this week. They're going to run the football. Braylon Allen, he is a special talent, but just not him. Durendo has come in and done some nice work for them at the running back spot. So now they've got a two-headed monster back there running the ball. Graham Mertz is Graham Mertz, right? He's below average. That's probably putting it kindly. It comes down to, can Iowa stop the run? And that's the other part. You know, Iowa's good as defensively as they've been throughout the years. We talked about this last week in the Purdue matchup against Jeff Fromm and how he's coached circles around Phil Parker. And Phil Parker gave the middle finger and said, I got something for you, Conn, and everybody else that was doubting me as he got it done. Well, this is another one because Wisconsin has had plenty of times where they've been able to run the football against good Iowa defenses. This is another week, put up or shut up against the big offensive line. You got to go. There's been some holes on this team. Right tackle has not been good this season for Wisconsin. Let's see if that defense continues here. This thing has slugfist written all over it. And when we get to it, we're going to talk about the betting line of things a little bit more. We'll break down the Wisconsin game a little bit deeper coming up tomorrow with LaShawn on the podcast. Wrapping up with our bet online best bets of the week. So as you heard earlier this week, I was in Las Vegas last week, loved it, and actually had a great day betting on Saturday in college football. Something that has been a struggle for me. I've gambled for as long as I can remember. Started gambling when I was seven, and it has continued here. 35 years later, I still love to gamble. There are certain weeks you got something circled, certain weeks that you get excited about. This week, the college slate, I am in love with. Starting with the free square, right? 
under in Iowa, Wisconsin. Yes, I'm going to be jumping aboard at that number at 35 and a half. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Whatever, I'm ready to go on the under there. Let's go to a stinky line. This is something as a gambler, I think we all know incredibly well when something seems too good to be true. There are two of those lines this week. The first one is in the SEC. Last week, LSU pulled off a great win against Alabama. The emotional drainage that is there. They know they have to be perfect still in their final two games of the season in the SEC to get to the championship game. So you got that. Emotional win. I've heard people, LSU fans, say that that was bigger to them than Joe Burrow and company winning a national championship a couple of years ago. I mean, it just it goes to show you what that rivalry means and what it means for the LSU fans. And now you go to Arkansas, which this is a rivalry in its own part. I mean, this game for years was played on Black Friday. This is one that Arkansas, they consider this one of their bigger rivals, if not their biggest rival in the SEC. This is a huge matchup for Arkansas, who has been a huge disappointment this year, losing last week to Liberty. K.J. Jefferson, he's been banged up pretty much all season long. And yet the line is three and a half, four? That doesn't make sense. Sniff it out here. Grab the points in the Razorbacks with our first picks of the week. Pick number two, another stinky line, TCU. Right number four. Have beat all comers this year. They're incredibly impressive, yet they're a six and a half point underdog against Texas, a Texas team that has lost three times this year, by the way, including to a bad Texas Tech team. Are we sure? I don't know. Something smells here. I'm going to lay it with Texas. Uh, one more in the Big 12 for you. Iowa State. I think Oklahoma State is broken. I'm going to lay the point with the Cyclones this week. I like Central Florida. They are basically a one-point underdog against Tulane. Tulane, a great story. Both these teams really mirror images of each other. They want to run the football. I like the defense a little bit better for Central Mich- uh, Central Florida Excuse me, in that one. I'm just going to play it on the money line with a one-point spread. We'll play it at plus 105. Oh, what else do we have this week? Oh, and one more in the Big Ten. Illinois going to, uh, excuse me, hosting Purdue. We saw Purdue last week. Illinois, I think, has a better bounce back chance. Charlie Jones is banged up for Purdue. I think you'll see Bielema Company certainly flex their muscle. We'll lay the six and a half with Illinois. So those are the picks this week. Arkansas plus four. Illinois minus six and a half. We got Iowa State minus the one. Central Florida on the money line, plus 105, and the under in the Wisconsin-Iowa game, along with Texas, minus the six and a half against TCU. Picks of the week, they are presented by Bet Online. Back tomorrow, LaShawn Daniels will join us. We will break down Iowa-Wisconsin. These last two weeks, this run game has looked better. What has LaShawn seen? We go to a former Hawkeye running back as we will roll through here, and then I'll roll up to the Unidome, get to see Caden Proctor. That's right. We'll have a first-hand account of him next week uh, on the podcast after I'll be up there calling the games on the radio, both the Valley Dowling game followed by Southeast Polk and Johnson. I'll have the call for that one on 96.9 The Bull. You can catch it here in Central Iowa, 96.9 on your FM dial or the iHeartRadio app, wherever you may be. That'll be semifinal Friday from the Unidome. Looking forward to that. Looking forward to talking to LaShawn. Looking forward to the Hawkeyes coming up this week. We also got basketball on Friday night. Ooh, what a week it has been here. Thanks for joining us. This is the Lockdown Hawkeyes Podcast.